guys, start your engines! Get the pace car! What for? Because you hit any other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. Hey, race fans, welcome to Drafting the Circuits on the Hoobazoo Radio Network. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this, uh, you know, this weekend of no racing <laughs> while the Olympics are going on. Uh, joining me in the studio, I've got Louise Torres and Richard Uden. Fellas, what's up? Hey, how's it going? How does it? How does it? Going very well, guys. So uh, today is my birthday, so I get to talk about whatever I want. Um, <laughs> ah, just kidding. Actually, um, let's talk about Red Bull and Mercedes because this incident at Silverstone is seemingly the thing that wouldn't go away. Um, and I, I, I kind of feel like uh, Red Bull is really setting a dangerous precedent by going to the the taking legal action. Um, in order to, because they felt like the penalty wasn't harsh enough and everyone seemingly except Jacques Villeneuve has something to say and weigh in uh, and people, you know, they, like Gunther Steiner's got crazy stuff to say as well. But uh, Richard kind of, kind of talk us through this um, appeal process that, um, that, that Red Bull is doing. Mm, yeah. Uh, so obviously the stewards um, at the race, gave Hamilton the 10 second penalty, which he observed during his pit stop for the race. Uh, he went on to, uh, you know, mount a, a pretty strong comeback there and, uh, and, and take the win with a couple of laps to go by passing Charles Leclerc. Now the, um, the stewards aren't directly employed by the FIA or formula. I can't remember the exact way that they're configured right now, but, um, Oh, they're sort of like a subcontractor, really. They're they're a, yeah, an, an independent yeah. an independent third party. Yes, I guess you could call yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably a good, um, good, 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 good way of uh, describing their role. And the teams can appeal penalties, um, but only on the basis that they present new evidence. Now or evidence that wasn't available to the stewards at the um, time the penalty was given out. So um, if there was, a, say, for example, some radio transmission that wasn't heard or whatever it may be, Hamilton turned around and said, I'm going to take him out on the first corner sort of thing. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, um, you know, Speculating here, obviously, you know, I'm sure there wasn't. I mean, Red, never... Red Bull is adamant that they have some sort of new evidence. Yeah, they're, no, they're, they're, they're not. They're not really letting on what it is, uh, because I think that that crash has been looked at from every replay angle yeah. possible. I mean, I think I think what they're trying to peddle is the potential injuries that Verstappen could have suffered based on the medical feedback from the medical testing. And based that, because that information wasn't available because the medical examinations hadn't been complete because Max was still at hospital. So I think what they're trying to say is their argument is, well, this is a really severe accident. So is a 10 second penalty appropriate for severe, you know, a potentially life, you know, um, you know in, in, an accident that could have caused an injury? So, you know, maybe that's their argument. And if it is, I think that's a little bit, that's not going to hold water. To, to be yeah, honest, that's, that, that's kind of hard to police when you, you know, when you want to decide on where do you draw the line? What is the severity of the crash? I mean, no doubt it was a hell of a hit he took, right? Oh, yeah. 51 yeah, yeah. G's. Yeah. And that was a, a that very, very dangerous wreck. Yeah. Yes. Um, the cars are, however, tremendously safe and max was largely unscathed um but yeah. yeah but where do you decide 
how how hard of a hit to 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 take the next level of penalty. You know, it's a very slippery slope. Yeah. Now they could go down the um, road of. I mean, if we look back to um, Grosjean back in was it twenty twelve ish when he yeah, just made a right dog's dinner of the uh, start at Spa and like just barrel rolled into half a dozen people. He was actually suspended for a race. Um, now that may have been. Uh, I don't have the penalty point scheme at the time, but they, um, you know, he was suspended for a race because what the, the stewards and the FIA deemed his actions were dangerous. Um, and obviously that hasn't come out yet in terms of, you know, nobody's deemed what Hamilton did was dangerous. And I, look, I don't think for a minute that what Hamilton... I, I don't think he did it deliberately. I don't think he deliberately took, back, took Max out. I just think that under the circumstances, under the pressure and under the heat of the moment, he made a mistake. And anybody that turns around and says they don't make mistakes, I'm sorry, it's just a genuine mistake. I don't think there's any malice in it. I don't think he tried to hurt Max. I don't think he tried to... I don't, he, I don't think he even tried to take him out. He just made a, I mean, a mistake and unfortunately the consequences were a pretty big impact thankfully not you know too serious uh, impact for Max so I really struggle what Red Bull are going to bring to the table here but I mean we'll, we'll find out tomorrow um, you know I guess and, and, and see where we go but yeah it, yeah we always tend to find out the, day, drop, the day after we record something we record exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is true so, uh, thanks guys yeah I mean, maybe I'll have a chat with them and see if they can bring it, you know, change that. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I, you know, I, I, I really don't know what they're going to do. I think it's just, you know, as I said, I think if, if, if they were being the right thing to do would, to put it bluntly, is just shut up and get on with it. You know, and, and I'm not saying that in a, in an aggressive way or whatever it may be, I think they just need to just do it. You know, just let it go, get on with it, concentrate on Hungary, and go there and do your talking on the track. Don't be, you know, anything else than that. Just go and do what they need to do to, you know, regain that or increase their margin in the championship back up. Yeah, just kind of like back it up, just deliver. You guess said that to me, if they dwell on it too much, you're going to end up like Renault a year ago. They were all up in arms about racing point. They got what they wanted, but guess what? Consequentially, over time, it did them no good because they still were not best of the rest of the season. Different story, but we're talking about team morale here. Yeah, I mean, Red Bull has done a tremendous amount of posturing over the last week or two, trying to trying to play themselves off as innocent victims here. But, I mean, I you know, at the end of the day, right, uh, Max is a pretty aggressive guy too. Uh, there's no oh, saying. Sure. There's there's no saying. There's not a similar incident somewhere down the road uh, where there is an accident where Max is at fault, and then somebody employs this same strategy uh, against Red Bull to have a penalty, you know, be made more more severe. So I mean, this is the kind of thing that when you set this precedent uh, that that if you disagree with the the stewards. Um, or disagree with the severity of the penalty that this may, may come back to bite you or somebody else or anybody really. Oh, of course, and they're, they're certainly um, they, they certainly put they, 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 as you say. You know, they've got to be very, very careful here. You know, they could put themselves in a situation where you know they. they we, we've all been very critical of some of the stewards' decisions recently, especially going back to Austria, where. You know, Love Tap was was given a five second penalty. That's not appropriate, and I think the drivers have turned around and said, "Look, you know, we need to back off this." And the drivers even said, first lap contact needs to be taken into consideration that it is first lap." Um, you know, uh, but that was a unique set of circumstances. So I think they've got to be very, very careful and not, um, you know, n- n- not 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 try and. What's the phrase? You know, not try and diminish racing and not try and make it out as if they 
you know, that it's a non-contact sport, because it is a contact. You will get contact. You do get contact. You can't help it. But they need to make the drivers aware of their responsibilities. Yeah, exactly. And I think to a certain extent, too, that, um, you know, if you, if you take the case of, say, some American stick and ball sports, right, if there's a penalty on the field that uh, that, that the teams disagree with, right, you know, and they they yeah. you know, they do the uh, throw the red flag, look at the replay, challenge it. Yeah. Uh, generally, the, the team stands is once that, you know, second decision is done and, and final, they just move on. It's I mean, it's the fans. Yeah. It's the fans job to bitch about it for weeks. Of course, it is. you know, of course but it is. Uh, but uh, by the team owners of Red Bull taking this upon themselves to drag this thing out, I just I just don't think it's very healthy for the sport, and it doesn't it doesn't put the sport in a good uh, light on on the international stage. Just, no, it just doesn't. just my thoughts. So, but anyway, yeah, no, I, I totally agree, totally agree. I think it, you know, it's like just get on with it, boys. You know, I tell you exactly, guys like exactly. Kyle, guys like Kyle Bush will be laughing themselves to death reading these stories about coming out of Form One right now. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you know, you know, so and so touch so and so. Oh, that's a shame. Aww. You know, that's a shame. Yeah. yeah, rubbing his racing boys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. You know, obviously, open wheel racing is a little bit different, of course. But you know what Hamilton did was, you know, was potentially dangerous, and they've got to, uh, you know, they've got to be smart about it. But um, yeah, I. I don't think we'll get anywhere. I think it's just going to leave a sour taste in the mouth. And, uh, you know, they need to stop, you know, Mercedes, both Mercedes and Red Bull need to stop acting like little kids here and get on with it. Yeah, exactly. We're going to, if we're going to talk about parking a guy, right. You know, rather than, rather, rather than applying a penalty, this is, you know, if you look at Lewis's overall record, he's pretty clean clean driver. You know what I mean? Exactly. So uh, it's not as, it's not as if he's, Week in, week out, taking guys out. You know, he's not, he's not, no, Jody, exactly. he's not Jody Schechter. You know what I mean? He's not no. Andrea and DeChasseris, you know, where, where those are guys no. that maybe should have been parked a time or two during their career. But, uh, but, but in the big picture, yeah, Lewis has got a pretty, pretty clean record um, out there. But it only takes one. Proved, it only takes one. You yeah. Know, only takes one. You know, so you do have to be careful. And the corner that was involved, you know, was a, it was a dangerous position to do it in. You know, it is a very high-speed corner and the potential ramifications of that move were high, uh, you know, from a safety standpoint. So it'll be interesting to see if they do something, but I doubt they will. I really do. All right. So let's, speaking of something that that we doubt they will or people have doubted or, or maybe not doubt um, is the, um, you know, the continuing saga of, um young george russell and will he move up to mercedes mm-hmm. next year now we're getting we're getting some uh really strong word that that may indeed be in the cards for this upcoming season so uh, richard what are the uh what, what what are the strong stories you're hearing well there's been a couple of sound bites that have come out from from guys like toto wolf and, and toto said oh, you know, I've got a responsibility to, you know, Valtteri's future if he's not with us next year. You know, I want to make sure that he's in a good car and a good drive. And because Toto is Valtteri's manager, you know, you know, so if, if Valtteri's talking to other teams, then, you know, I'm going to be in that conversation as well and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And then there's been talk of a short list that Williams are drawing up to, um, you know, replace potentially both drivers, Latifi and... Um, um, you know, George, uh, you know, Latifi's okay. He's solid. You know, he brings a bit of money, but is he, you know, is he somebody that you want to, you know, you're going to build a team around? I I don't think he's that. Um, and there's a couple of names out there. Um, you know, even, um, you know, the former E race, that the London E Prix last weekend, uh, Toto was talking about Nick De Vries and uh, um, Stoffel van Dorn, the two Mercedes Formula E drivers, you know, and he was saying that, you know, those guys deserve another shot at Formula One and, you know, potentially Williams could be an opportunity for them. Um, Danny Kvyat's name has been mentioned. Um, Nico Hulkenberg's name has been mentioned. I think they, they would, they should be looking at an experienced driver, especially with the change of regulations that are going on going into 
2022. I don't think they could go in there with two rookies and expect to, um, you know, have a good understanding of the car and being helped to develop a, a brand new car with brand new, um, you know, aero and mechanical package. So I think you, you're going to have to go, you know, a Hulkenberg would be a, a prime target, I think, in many ways. And even Kvyat, with his experiences at Red Bull and Ferrari, uh, would be a good option. Um, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And uh, I think he's at Alpine right now as well. So, you know, there's a, a few a few options there. So, yeah, it's looking... I, a, a couple of months ago, I said it, I thought it was like 50-50. Uh, but I think... I, I, I would say it's 75-25 that George will be going to Mercedes next year. This poses a no question. Do you think 2022, we're still going to see the F2 champion go to F1? Or do you feel like with the new car... There's a decent chance we may not have a rookie of any kind. Because there's I mean, really would... no room for it because the only one that could be valuable is maybe DeVries, and he's so far the only F2 champion in this current incarnation to have not make it to Formula One. Yeah, I mean he was he was sort of a victim of of um, you know the timing of, of when you know seats became available, wasn't he? Um, I mean, if you look on the grid at the moment, who's potentially um, you know, vulnerable. I think Kimi could, you know, retire, and there's a lot of talk that Bottas would be his replacement at uh, Alfa Romeo, which makes sense. Um, Giovinazzi has done okay. Has he done anything more than okay? He's he's improved. You know, I, I certainly thought he would he would he would be a little bit more vulnerable than maybe he has been. He hasn't dug up any trees, that's for sure. The one thing um, he had last year was making moves on the opening lap, which I don't think he, it's been a complete afterthought this season. That was the one element yeah. that people remember. Yeah, and do you make a career out of that? Probably not. Um, you know, so yeah, so he was there. Um, you know, obviously I think Latifi's at danger by sounds of things. Haas have got their two guys tied up for another year anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I think those are the only two um, experienced drivers that could be, um, or I think there could only be two or three seats that have become available. So, you know, if somebody like a Hulkenberg picks up one of those seats, then, you know, which rookies would you be looking at? De Vries is a possibility. Um, if you're looking at, I mean, Alfa Moreo don't have any contractual obligation to put a Ferrari back driver in their car now under the new agreement. So, you're looking at somebody like Robert Schwartzman, who's uh, been pretty competitive in Formula Two for the last few years, or even Callum Eilat, who's had a couple of outings in the um, Alfa Romeo this year in free practice. You know, there's a few names that are sort of in the in the mix, but there's nobody there that sort of stands out and shouts at you and goes, "Yeah, this guy's got to get in Formula One," like you maybe had with Lando Norris and George Russell a few years ago. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. And where these opportunities do do become available, but with the new regulations, I think I think that that weighs heavily more on the more experienced side, you know, to, to give somebody with that continuity and help develop the car. Yeah, especially if I recall, is it the Renault development driver Zoe still the championship leader? Sorry, the championship leader, if I recall, I think it's the Renault. Academy drivers. Oh, the the Chinese guy is he? He's still, I know he's done a couple of free practice sessions. Zhang Zhang Gu. I can't pronounce his name. Sorry, I can't remember who it is. But yeah, I think it's the the Chinese kid in there who's you know been very impressive this year. Um, you know, and I know he's done a couple of outings for Alpine in the. Uh, you know, I know he did one in Austria and maybe did two in Austria actually free practice sessions, and was pretty impressive. So, you know, there's another name that potentially is in the mix and obviously there is the um uh you know marketing perspective of um you know a guy like that in the sport you know from a commercial standpoint you know he would sell out the chinese grand prix by himself uh, which is obviously great for f1 from their commercial side so 
Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I know, I know there was talk of Alpine was sniffing around Williams to try and make Williams a, like a junior team and a feeder team, but I don't think that'll that would be traction. No, that would be weird that a once elite team is now viewed as a junior. Exactly. That, yeah. that's, that just sounds wrong. Yeah, and I mean, they are to a certain extent with, with Mercedes almost, you know, with George yeah. being in there and the, the packages that they've had and the way they've had that, that link with Toto. But, it's true. Um, but from a... Yeah, I, yeah it just yeah, feels I, weird thinking about sure. that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that was just somebody sounding it out in the media to, to see if there was any, you know, the fish were going to bite sort of thing. But... Um, I think things are going to be relatively stable in the driver market going into next year. There may be a couple of changes and a couple of moves, but as I said, the big one I can see is is you know, and I'm, I'm you know Russell going to Mercedes, Bottas probably going to Alfa Romeo, Kimi probably retiring, and then who Kimi's the Williams been, pick Kimi's up? Kimi's been retiring almost as long as I've been watching Formula One racing. It's very true. He's <laughs> great, isn't he? He's I mean, the first. He's the first person to compete in the same Grand Prix 20 times. It's pretty impressive. Uh, my really, my word, it? yeah, that, that is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of guys don't have mind you, there was two long, British yeah. Grand Prix last year, so yeah, but he would have uh, still yeah. achieved that if he hadn't taken his two year sabbatical, he would have actually been better than that. So, you know, you could argue that he could have done 21 British Grand Prix or 22, in fact. So, yeah, the guys, uh. You know, and he's not slowing down. You know, that's the crazy thing. The guy is as fast as he ever has been. Yeah, he's still. Anyways, yeah, while the car is nowhere near podium material, he's in the cusp. He's been in the cusp of getting a point or two every Grand Prix as of late. He's been doing his thing for sure. So, so we'll see. I mean, obviously, there is still the the question mark of Perez at Red Bull. You know, I mean, he had a. Had a couple of good results and he got that win in Azerbaijan, which is, you know, but outside of that, what's he really done? Aside you from know, I, I, the French Grand after the French Grand Prix, disaster and disaster at Silverstone, I still look back at yeah. Imola too. That was not a good weekend for him. The ones no. where he'd been real bad, he'd been real bad as far as Imola exactly, and Silverstone. Yeah. I, I, personally, I feel there's there's enough races left on the calendar for Perez to redeem himself. Um, no, for sure. You know, you know, a, a race win, uh, even early in the season, goes a long way towards contract negotiations. It does, but and did I he feel win like because he was the fastest? He didn't win that because he was the fastest guy out there. He he won. He won. No, he was the last man standing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was going to so be on the podium I, either way. But as yeah. far as a win is concerned. This just came in the palm of his hand after Hamilton botched it. Yeah, he didn't get I the greatest starting point. No, people forget. No. Yeah, I, 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 I still, I still worry about that. I still think there's a little, there's, there's some insert. You know, Red Bull are not 100 percent convinced by him. Still, I think if there were, they would have signed him up already for another yeah, year. And, and me personally, I wouldn't mind seeing Gasly back in that car. You know? No, and I know you there know, have been so. talks, and and they've, they've been talking about that, and they've been, you know, there was those discussions supposedly during one of the Austrian weekend races, or between those Austrian races, where Gasly and uh, Helmut Marko sat down and discussed, you know, the the their long term future. Um, but Gasly's certainly a driver that stands out and makes you want to look at. Um, you know, the potential that he, he deserves to be in a bigger team than than a Red Bull feeder team. You know, he's, yeah, he went there, he had troubles. He, you know, he, he was caught up in the whole sort of Max hysteria sort of thing and he paid the price for it to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah I think he's he another shot to be better off now. I think so, yeah. Well, he's, you know, nothing, there's no substitute for a couple more years under your belt. You know what I mean? So, you know, you know what to do, you know, what not to do next time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yep. right, oh, well, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, uh, since we're speaking of driver movement stuff, let's, let's turn our attention to the IndyCar series where, uh, obviously, just like, uh, just like every week, the, the day after we recorded the show, major announcement, um, seemingly out of left field that, uh, Jack Harvey has opted to leave the Michael Shank team. 
which um, sewed up um, Elio Castro Nevis is a full-time ride there, which I believe was planned anyway, but they went ahead and announced that. But now they're looking for a full-time driver for the, for Harvey's seat, the 60 car. Um, and Harvey, obviously, it's quite obviously reading between the lines of his uh, little memo that he typed up where he was very gracious and very classy and uh, <laughs> crediting, crediting, crediting the team and, and, and very appreciative. Uh, but he did say, mention, you know, working with AutoNation going forward in the future. So obviously the, uh, the sponsorship is going to be with him in some, in some way. Um, and he also, right before he mentioned AutoNation, he mentioned Honda, Honda, so it's kind of unclear if his the relation with Honda is also expected to go in the future. But but anyway, most of your pundits are putting him either at Ray Hall Letterman Racing or some folks are still saying there's a strong possibility he goes to Andretti, which Andretti is expected to have a pretty big driver shakeup that will leave both uh, James Hinchcliffe and Ryan Hunter, Hunter Ray um, looking for work. Now, the interesting thing about the, the Ray Hall thing is that it was just a few weeks ago that uh, Bobby Rahal said they were they were working on getting everything together everything together to get uh, Takuma signed for another year. Now now Takuma seems to always operate on these one year contracts. Uh, why why that is I'm not sure, but uh, if for the last couple of years it's always kind of been the same story. Bobby Rahal said, "Well, we're trying to get uh, get everything de- you know together, get the." I's dotted and T's crossed to make sure we retain Takuma. And Rahel said this recently, but the, the story is kind of coming out that Takuma is perhaps going to a part-time schedule. So now, now Louise, what, what are some of the things you're hearing around this? I, I, I've heard that Meyer Shank is probably looking at an IndyCar driver. The core core will be a surprise kind of out of left field. It makes me wonder maybe Grosjean because initially when I heard the out of left field comments, you could what a Formula One driver or somebody from IMSA or I don't know, like an F2, like which was well, I mean, like, you know, Alex Albon's name has been coming. Oh, yeah, up. that's the one that yeah, I was his, thinking. His of. name has been coming up more and more in the IndyCar paddock, yeah, which probably be a good, uh, might not be a bad idea. We'll see how he does. and. He's doing not too bad in DTM from what I've seen, but it's still very young. That Solid, season. but yeah. Yeah, still very a very young season over there, overseas. But it's more leaning towards an IndyCar driver for Meyer Shank in that main ride. Because if Harvey left, it's leaving a team that he kind of built upon from the, mm-hmm. almost from the ground up, essentially, as a competitor. It must be a new, a good deal for him that will get him further, that will make him more of a race caliber driver rather than just be the qualifying guy, which has been the, the theme of his career so far. Yeah, qualify, qualify very well and then failed to deliver on Sunday. Sometimes his fault, sometimes the fault of his pit crew. So sometimes it's, the it's, car. It's, yeah, sometimes the car. Yeah, it's been, it's been about equal, equal, um, whoa woeful news on Sundays for Jack. Yeah, there's Uh, so fresh start is probably good for him. Go ahead, Luis. There's also like stuff going around that Sada will be on the move somewhere else. There's also, let's not forget Santiago Ferrucci who wants that car. He hopes he gets that car, the 45 or even the 30 if it becomes open. Because I do see Ray Hall maybe going three cars full time. I think that's the plan, especially with that new shop that they're building or about done if it hasn't been done already. Yeah, it's certainly the plan um, to go three cars full time. Um, and, you know, it, but it's always it's always been the funding holding them back. You know, it's always been the funding to fund that third car. Now, luckily, they've been um, pretty lucky this year with the uh, Hy-Vee signing on to do all those races with Santino. Uh, but but Hy-Vee, obviously, they are a localized grocery store change. So they'll have, they'll have no interest in sponsoring in any West coast races or, or any races down in Florida. But, but as far as, as you know, those, you know, road America, Indianapolis, um, mid Ohio, uh, they've been more than happy to sign on and they've, they've actually done quite a, 
a good job of activation. If you go in a high V store in the Indianapolis area, you'll see giant cardboard cutouts of Santino Ferrucci and giant blow up a uh, race car hanging, hanging over the Mountain Dew display. So they are really um, have been a pretty good partner there. So, but they would need yeah. to find somebody to fill the gap. That's why, why I'm wondering if when we're talking about Sato going to a part-time schedule, if that's the plan there, is that uh, Sato and Ferrucci would share the 45 car and the remaining. Um, and then uh, Harvey would take over the 30 on a full schedule with alternation. It, yeah. It'd be curious to see how that unfolds. And also as far as the F2 driver, Christian Longard had a test. There's supposedly a potential plan of him by run some mini car races. Maybe the, it's just may just be him testing to see how it goes. I mean, for all we know, Tatiana Calderon could make an IndyCar start later this season for Ford, but that's just a test. You certainly yeah. well, well, she's, she, yeah, well, she's got a little money. Yeah, um, she does. Albeit she was, but uh, she actually wasn't horrible in the test. No, she was good. It's just when she was in Formula Two, when you have a teammate like Anton Hooper and you're and and you're competing with Mahavir Ragunathan on a date on a race by race basis, it's kind of that kind of you look at it on the surface like you sure you want to make the jump? Maybe she'll deliver any car, but it just really depends on the results quality. Now, Louise, well Louise, I want to commend you on pronouncing those names. That was, <laughs> that was wonderful. I mean, it's not hard to, it's not hard to pronounce Mahavir Ragunathan, to be honest, if you hear the name <laughs> and the memes is long enough. Yeah. But yeah. that's besides, but that's besides the point. But yeah, it's, there's a lot of drivers that could be running. I know there's always the talk about Colin Brown make maybe signing every other year. It seems like Colin Brown. There's that other guy from Insta that's slipping through my mind. The Taylor um, brothers. But Felipe, there's another Felipe, one. Na Felipe Nasser name always comes up. Always does. Yeah. So, uh, but let's talk a little bit about. So Andretti, where we're the expected shakeup. Okay. The, yeah. the, the hot rumor is that, uh, Replacing Ryan Hunter Way will be Grosjean, and uh, which would be a good step up for Grosjean moving from Coin to Andretti. It'd be a good move for Andretti because we've seen the positive effect that uh, Grosjean has had at the Coin team, and it's quite obvious that Andretti at the moment could use a little more positive effect than they have. Uh, so I think that would be a good move for both parties. Um, if that, you know, comes to fruition, the, the other one is that, uh, you know, Sato, rather than doing a part-time schedule ends up back at Andretti. That's been, that's been mentioned a bit too. Uh, but, but I, I think it's pretty much decided that, uh, you know, Hunter Ray and uh, uh, James Hinchcliffe are both out the door there. Um, Hunter Ray may show up in the coin car. Um, you know, he may be replacing Ed Jones or Grosjean. So it's a, yeah, I've a heard lot of, an IMSA driver in the mix is, or Oliver Askew is another one that's in the, Oliver in the market. Name has come up a lot. Yes. The Costa from Formula E a couple, a number of times I've heard that now, Kyle Kirkwood moving up into in Andretti has been mentioned as well. Kyle Kirkwood has also been mentioned in conjunction with the uh, ride at uh, Michael Shank racing, where uh, if you think about it, you put Kirkwood in there, with Elio Castro Nevis as a teammate. So you've got the rookie and the mentor right there. And that's, that's a pretty good match. That could be a good match. That could, could be, be match. And then, that could be considered a bit out of left field. The question is, first off, does he need to win the Indy Life champion to be for Michael and those guys to be convinced? I talk about Shank, my, Michael Shank in this case, or they want to see him win the championship. Be, the guys are like Linus Ludquist for it first. Because we've seen before, like Colton Herner and Pato Award jump in as rookies in 19, but Pato's first full year was the year after because of all the circumstances we talked about in the past. So we could still see that. I'd be curious to see how many cars will show up in Long Beach. I feel like this has the cups of having about 28 cars. If we're, fingers crossed, we could see maybe some Indy Light drivers make their debut. Maybe, maybe if Maybe they want to give Lone Guard an opportunity as long as that's a clash with Formula Two, which I don't know about that. But I feel like we could see the finale have 
the strongest field in probably in, as far as number of cars on a road course in about 10 years. Yeah. Because we've seen I, 26. We I haven't think, seen 28. I think we're, we're going we're gonna to have 27 at the, uh, the the Brickyard weekend coming up here in a couple of weeks. Because we've got the uh, the addition of the Top Gun racing team there. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. also, and they've got we still, s- haven't, still haven't heard if they're probably if they want Sage Karam to do the double. Because Sage Karam is going to run the Xfinity race, but I don't think they're going to. I don't think Dry Rumble is going to put him in the twenty-four. Or I still stand by this kind of ju- this kind of su- semi-humor that ni- that ninety-eight car they may put him in there, but that's that's just saying that's just because he drove an Iris in that ninety-eight car instead of Marco. But you never know. You never know. Yeah, I, I don't think that Sage's relationship with Andretti is that strong. Where you'll see him in the car. No, um, it's just but, uh, yeah, Marco but it had, and Sage are close buddies. If anything else, this is yeah, this is true. This is true. They they did kind of grow up in the same hometown, um, and kind of came up close close enough to one another. Marco was uh, a little older, um, but I, I think Dry Arrival keeps hinting that they want to do more than just the Indy 500, right? But they've been hinting this for oh four four years now. And we've seen no evidence of them entering any other races other than the 500. So to me, it would surprise me to see Dry Reinbold enter a car at Long Beach at the end of the year when they no, when they literally haven't put a car on a road course in the better part of a decade. No, I, I don't have them in my I don't have them in my bingo car being a Long Beach entry. I feel like we'll see if we could see extra entries or maybe an additional one-off entry. I think it has to. It has the good. I have that feeling that might we could see that, but it'll be. But we'll see what happens between now and September, especially with Laguna. If I recall, that's the championship race for Indy Lights. Right, right. Now the other big moving piece of the silly season picture is a, a certain Mister Simon Pagano, whose contract has not been signed for next year yet uh penske has made it known that they they do intend to continue with four cars uh, although simon is technically right now a free agent obviously he would like to sign uh with penske uh but if that doesn't come to fruition uh question number one is who ends up in the penske car and and some of that smart money there is on arenas vk uh who, who penske seems to uh think a lot of and and then where does Pagano go uh there is a strong possibility that if he's released at Pansky he ends up being Elio's teammate once again and that's another uh, out of left field rubber I could possibly that, see yeah but that would be that would be you know a relatively strong team for for Shank there who's been you know having decent uh, been doing decent with uh with Jack Harvey but you know you bring those two ringers in there um, uh, you know, they it can only serve to help elevate the team. I mean, you know, Elio, Elio jumped in the car for one race and what did he do? Won it. So, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's real in fair. Yeah. Right out of the gate, he was able to get some, get a win out of, out of, under his belt. But the question is, would Ed Carpenter want him to have a similar fate? Like when you have a new garden struggle for a number of years until they find their next gold. Yeah, yeah. Ed, That's got to be in the back of Ed's mind. Well, I mean, Ed, Ed needs to make it attractive for VK to stay. You know, obviously, it's hard to, especially, you know, at, at VK's point in his career where he's rather young, uh, if, if this a Penske ride is presented to you, that's that's a hard thing to turn down, right? Yeah. And, and if it's, you know, if you say, oh, not now, I want to hang out with Ed, it may never be presented to you again. Right. And, and while Carpenter's team is good and capable of winning races here and there, they, they've never really contended for a championship. No, they have not. And we're, you know, and nobody has really outside of Penske and Ganesi and Andretti, nobody has been in the mix since Panther. Really. When you really think about it, last time we saw a, a team that is not Penske, Andretti, or, Ganassi when was Panther racing and that was nearly two decades ago and the only one that could, that's been knocking on that door has been Aero McLaren and Ed Carpenter has not 
is there with VK, but the in, but the injury, the one race he missed, hurt him a bit. But it certainly had not helped. Didn't not what they wanted to have happen. Certainly, be, yeah. But we'll have to see how that plays out. I I feel like um, Pagano will get another year with Penske. That's my my personal feeling. But uh, you know that's. It doesn't count for anything really since I don't work for Penske. <laughs> I, don't neither, sign, I, don't, neither, I don't I don't I don't sign any checks for them. So but uh, neither do I nor I get yeah, details from them. But circling but circling back to uh we're talking about earlier, the the addition of uh Albon to the series is interesting, Richard, don't you think? Uh it would be also it's, it's, it's a rumor I haven't heard, but um I think you know, I think the guy needs a break from the Red Bull family. I think he's I think he's sort of shell shocked still a little bit, and I just don't think it. It sort of. I think he needs a clean break to, to excuse me, to regain that confidence and that um, obvious obvious skill that the guy has as a driver. You know that he's he has some some ability there, and uh, you know he did show it at times at Red Bull, but not uh, convincing enough over a long enough time period. So, um, yeah, if he can go there, I think it could be a really good opportunity for him to sort of reset his career in a, in a slightly less pressure-intense environment, which was, I think, I think that was the real issue with him at Red Bull. It wasn't necessarily the speed, per se, but how he handled the pressure. And it's a similar situation with Gasly when he was there, although Gasly may have turned that around a little bit. Um, so you'd, you'd like to see him do well in DTM first and then see what happened, but... Um, you know, yeah, certainly the guy, uh, you know, has ability. It'd be good to see him back in a single seater series again. Yeah, it seems like the only team that's kind of really out of the silly season picture is Chip Ganassi, who seems to be chugging right along with their four drivers. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jimmy Johnson is talking more and more about adding the ovals to his schedule next year. Um, and. There's also here's there's also now as of today maybe Trackhouse wants to be involved in the 500. Could they may enter an extra? Could Ganassi enter an extra entry for them? Maybe we'll we'll see. Maybe but for, yep. But yeah, that's the only thing. To... That's the only 2022 thing I could correlate with Ganassi. But other than that, it seems like they're locked and loaded with what they have. Yep. They, get, they say Erickson is not quite signed for next year yet, but they are very happy with him. And I mean, and it's he's just a dark just, horse contender for the championship. Yeah, it's just point. it's just a matter of just a matter of uh, getting the, the the proper paper signed and whatnot. Um, but I, I think uh, you know Dixon is still under contract. Um, Palou is still under contract. So and they they're, they're really you know going to work hard to get uh, retain Erickson. And so Jimmy Johnson is supposed to test at Homestead, test the IndyCar on Oval coming up. Uh, here in um, in the fall, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. But he's, uh, you know, some of his comments were, were rather candid when he was, uh, you know, and he hasn't said anything that um, that we hadn't heard before out of him. That he said he was, you know, concerned about the level of safety, uh, you know, when it come to, uh, you know, having a wife and kids to to think about. And um, but he said one of the things that uh, kind of got him feeling more comfortable was number one, driving the cars. And number two was seeing uh, uh, Palou have that shunt at the, in practice at the 500. And it was a pretty, pretty hard hit, but uh, you know, Palou was unscathed. And I think that uh, boosted Jimmy's level of confidence in the safety of the cars. So he's going to begin by, you know, testing, testing the car at Homestead. And with his sights set on uh, running the Indy 500 next year, yeah, I think it'll be great to see Johnson and Girl Jean competing in that in that 500 for the first time because I think it'll. I mean, the Indy 500 is the race itself is the draw, but as far as bringing eyeballs and maybe uh, as far as viewership is concerned, I think it may it'll do m- many wonders globally. It's just a matter of how they handle the global TV rights package. See, which and that reminds me, NBC will still be around for the five for IndyCar next season. Just two of them will be Peacock exclusive and more national NBC races. I mean, big boy network races is like to call. Yeah, it. yeah, I think they have what 13 races are going to be on NBC. 
um, or NBC Ju- or USA, right? Yeah, the USA and, would be the and, new. And network. when you consider USA, USA is on the basic tier of most cable packages. It's in a whole lot more households than NBCSN is, right? So you're you're talking. There's only two races that are on the streaming thing, which you know Peacock has 42 million subscribers right now. Um, you know, at different levels, some of them have the, the free package. Other ones have the, uh, the, the $5 a month and there's a $10 a month with no ad package you can get. Um, but, but either way, there's those races are going to be available to, to a much wider audience than they ever have been. And yet, and yet IndyCar fans still bitch about the TV package. It's more, <laughs> or, less know, the, it's more just, or less the Peacock exclusive. If anything, I'd imagine. The two races that's going to be exclusively on the streaming service. Yeah, some people are bitching about, or they're bitching the, the fact that the, the the you know while the races are on NBC, oh they're going to be compressed. There'll be no pre-race show. They'll probably get preempted for golf or lacrosse. You know any any kind of comment that you can make because you know race fans like to bitch. Um, no, so, no. So it's just like nothing is you know, and you're not going to have. Every every single practice and qualifying on free over the air TV, and then who the hell doesn't have some form of pay television this day and age? Uh, you know, unless you're living in a very scarcely populated region, I, you know, I, I and you know, their the access to internet is pretty widespread. So you know, I know there are a few places here and there, but but overall, I think it's a very good package. And Peacock for five dollars a month, right? Even if you just watch those enough. watch those two races and all the practice and qualifying sessions, that's that's worth my money, right? But Peacock also has tons of other programming. You know, they've got TV shows and movies, and they've got original series. Uh, you know, and they've got comedies and dramas and and documentaries. It's a whole a whole slate of programming that you that you're getting if you're gonna. Oh, I got to pay five dollars a month to watch a practice. Says, yeah, but you know, you're not getting just an apple. You're getting a whole bag full of groceries. Yep. Oh yeah, that is a great package. Yep. Yep. So, so there you go. That's just my thoughts on the TV package. I'm I'm quite pleased with it. So, um, anything else, uh, IndyCar wise that we that we missed? Let's, let's see. Groshan and a number of drivers tested at Gateway. Looks Groshan is going to run Gateway. It's now pretty much 100 percent confirmed. If it has been enough already, that he'll yeah, be racing and, in that one. And Groshan's comment was: uh, anybody who thinks IndyCar oval racing is easy. Is dead wrong. Yep, is what he said after he after he drove the car. So, so, so let's good. see what. Uh, but yeah, I think I Co- think Co- yeah, we'll tested no down, more down yeah. Uh, Top Gun tested down Sebring. Uh, get ready for their their debut on the uh, the road course in Indianapolis in a few weeks. Um, you said we had uh, who was the guy that tested with Rayal Formula Two guy? Christian Lungar. Christian Lungar, mm-hmm. yeah. And Oliver Askew also tested at Barber. There's a couple that tested at Barber as well. So there are a lot of testing go around since IndyCar has had their last race back at mid Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of weeks off from us. We'll get all the testing and you can, and this is, and this is the time of year during that break where you, where you try out the rookies too, you know, or try out some Indy lights guys. So yeah. Which more than likely, if that were to happen, to probably send them to Portland, like we've seen in the past as well. But we'll see when that will take place and how many more testing will take place for the younger competitors. Right. And then, of course, over the next several weeks, we'll have more news surrounding where everybody's going to end up in 2022. Um, oh, the, the Meyer shake is probably going to come right around West Coast swing time. That's the other thing. The from what I've heard is probably around Portland. Fingers crossed, I'll be there on for the all three days. We'll see. That's just personal note, but that's as far as I know that I've heard as of late on the IndyCar side. Well, I'm curious, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see who they announced because the whole Harvey thing um, kind of took them by surprise. From from what I gather, from from what I've been hearing, they they kind of we're ready to assign Harvey to two more years. And then at the last minute said, Harvey says, ah, I think I got something else lined up. So, all right. So let's, uh, we got about, uh, 10 minutes left. So, uh, let's talk about the stock cars a little bit. Um, you would have wanted to talk some more about Brad Keselowski and his new role with, uh, Roush racing. 
So, Louise? Yeah. So, that's been official. Christian, I'm not Christian speaking of Christian Lundgren. Chris Buescher is going to still be with the 17th team. That leaves Ryan Newman with the option of either going part-time or go elsewhere. I know in the past, I think as of recent, Newman still wants to compete. He still feels like he could be a championship caliber driver. With a car like Rush that's been improving, they got they still got a long ways to go. Keslowski's also been open as far as maybe opening his truck or Xfinity. More likely trucks again. That could still be in the works. You never say never because I know when you look at the 20, after 2017, when they left the truck series, it left a huge gap for Ford. And with now Kasowski life after Penske and with Cindric taking over that Duke, or it makes me wonder as well, where did that Penske Xfinity program go? Because Ford, they don't have, they only have the 98 through Haas with Riley Herbs. He has to set the world on fire. He's still very, he's, he's going to need a win to make the playoffs and as far as points his way in is forget about it. It's the only way he may point his way, way in is if Annette misses more races, but we'll see about that. And uh, his other competitors just struggle. Ford is kind of hemorrhaging on the lower level. They've been for a while, even when they had Cindric and Briscoe winning all those expedited races, this has been hurting. Yeah, yeah. So, Cindric's been, excuse me, Cindric's been, you know, one of their their great shining lights in their Xfinity program, as, as along with Briscoe. But yeah, I'd be interested to see who uh, picks up the twenty two uh, Xfinity and maybe somebody yeah. that we haven't even heard of yet. Now, well, now, R- if Richard, they do. Richard, if, real quick, while we're still on the topic, now, yeah. when it, when it comes to Ryan Newman. Now you know mm-hmm. right you know Ryan reasonably well. You and he work together. Yeah. Um, do you feel like he still got to has a lot to give to a team? Do you feel like there's gonna be a decent landing spot for him? Because because a lot of folks uh, kind of feel like he's on the you know, he's on the tail end of his career. He's been around a while, he's had a good run. He has. He certainly had that run and he certainly had a great career and he's done very, very well out of it. You've got to ask where would the motivation to continue come from? You know, is he going to win a championship? No, because those big seats are locked up and, and you know, they're certainly not going to go for, you know, driver of his maturity, should we say. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I, and I certainly don't think he'd do a part time gig. I just don't, I, I can't see the motivation for that. Um, you know, with everything that happened at Daytona last year, I think personally he's just going to say, right, you know what, guys, we're good. See you later. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, can, he, I can, really walk, he can walk away from the sport with uh, nothing to be ashamed of. You know, um, no. like, like you said, he's, he's had a great career. He's got a young family. He's got money in the bank. Yeah. Um, you know, he he can just uh, enjoy the rest of his life, you know, go back to the go back to the farm like some of these guys do. Yep. <laughs> Maybe he's got, he runs this. He, he runs race. this thing. Yeah, he runs this thing called um, the Rescue Ranch. Um, you know, for, for for animals and the like. So he's certainly got a uh, you know a lot of interests outside of uh, outside of the sport. So uh, yeah, it'll be you know it'll be interesting to see what he does. Sure will. All right, so um, we've got about about five minutes left, Louise. So uh, we were talking some more about. Uh, uh, some of the moves in Xfinity and some of the other moves in NASCAR. I think there's not a lot of the other big seats really in play. I think we're going to see a lot of folks still re- have, returning. You still, yeah, you still have the whole thing with Trackhouse and 2311 as far as their expansion program is concerned. As far as recently, you look at Xfinity, Tommy Joe Martin is going to go part time next season. He's not running the full. Schedule instead, he's going to have other drivers in that 44 Xfinity car, which probably it may help them. Now, Tommy has had some flashes of brilliance, but when he has those flashes of brilliance, something tends to happen that it takes it away from him. But we'll see how that 44 program is. I still feel like Ty is going to be a full time Xfinity next year. Question is Ty, Ty, Ty Gibbs, that is. Yeah, Ty Gibbs. The question it, is, it, yeah, it would make no sense to hold him back. Yeah, the question is pretty good. 
what car yeah. he'll drive. Will he be in the 18? Will he take over Harrison Burton's 20 car? Be curious to see where which car he'll end up. It's not what team he'll go or what he'll do. The writing on the wall is, I, is Gibbs going to run Xfinity full time. That's my. Uh, nobody would be surprised with that. It's just a matter of what car, what race team he's going to, what team number he's going to drive for. And let's see, we got truck series. It's, you never know what the truck series is because there's really. You could see very few stay where they at, or a massive shake shake around, which would not surprise me at the slice if we see a massive shake around in the truck series in twenty two. Xfinity is almost looking like we're gonna see the same faces. The big thing is Josh Berry. What will he be? What will be the future for him? Will he have enough funding, or will Dale Junior put him in a full time ride? There's so many Xfinity is pretty much there's a lot of unknowns in a way. Drug well, series as, as, it you should, don't as, know. as it should be. You know what I mean? The the feeder series should be relatively fluid, you know, with, with guys moving up and guys moving out. You yeah. Know, just yeah, you shouldn't have guys spend their whole career in Xfinity. Correct. Although some do their whole career, yeah. Um, but uh so then there's a question of Matt DiBenedetto. Is is this poor guy just gonna be rideless or part-time in somewhere you know he's gonna I, have to accept the fact that if it's a competitive xfinity or truck team take it yeah if it, take it look at this race like yeah you want to be a cut driver, but you you want to go back to where you were back in the mid 20 teens and be subpar with some good runs expecting that maybe a top level team will pick you up I think the writing on the wall is is there. He had his shot. That's the Wood Brothers, and he's gonna need a win to point his way in. There's no question about it. Yeah, he he certainly failed to capitalize on the uh, on the opportunity with the. Wood he was Brothers. gonna be he was gonna be gone after 22 anyway. He was gonna be anyway. He was gonna be out the door at 22 regardless. Whether it was. At the time, it was going to be Centric at that 21 car before the whole Kislowski thing picked up and they put him in the two and Harrison in the 21. Yeah, I think that there was a there was a glimmer of hope for some folks when Keselowski started talking about Roush that that was going to save the day for Matt DiBenedetto. And and in some ways, the some folks feel like Harrison Burton isn't quite ready for a cup ride yet. But uh, I mean, we, yes, we shall see. He earns the ride, but this season he's he's still yet to win. He's having a bit of a sophomore slump in a way that he hasn't racked up the wins like he did a, a year ago. That's the thing. He's gonna he's gonna hit back to victory lane, but it's gonna be a learning curve for Harrison. But I think him with the Woodbirds may be a good way to polish his craft, and maybe he'll surprise us. We'll see. But at this moment. Going back to Benedetto, he's going to have to just accept the fact that if there's a top level, a good Xfinity card that he knows he can win, like with Hambrick at Gibbs, take it. Or John Hunter Nivacek at KBM, take it. Yeah, and, yeah, because there may, there may be a whole lot, very few and far between offers coming his way. Yeah, the so. question is, if he goes down and succeeds, can he move back to Cup? It's very rare. Very few that started in Cup, went back to the lower levels, came back to Cup. And that is Mark Martin. And to a minor extent, Mike Skinner. But there was just... Oh, the thing about Mike Skinner, between the years 1986 to 1994, he drove very sporadically in Winston Cup. Then the truck series opened up. He exploded in the truck series, and then he went back to Cup in '97 through '03, and then went down to trucks and came back to Cup only as a starting park driver. It's very difficult when you go down to go back up. Mark oh. Martin has been the only one that's been successful at it. Yes, and Mark Martin's certainly in a class of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you know when you're comparing him to say a Matt Benedetto. No, for sure, Mark Martin's yeah. a difference, a whole difference. But he's the only one. That genuinely went back down. When he went back up, he stayed there. 
Absolutely. So now we've got just a moment left. So, but I do want to say that uh, Formula One is racing in Hungary this weekend. We will have at least one major race this weekend while the Olympics are still going on. Uh, so let's uh, go around the table and pick us our winner for Hungary. We're going in with a little bad blood between Red Bull and Mercedes. So it could be a, could be an interesting race. I'm going to go with Hamilton. All righty. And Richard. Verstappen. Okay, so you took all the good ones. That leaves me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out of limb and say uh, Valtteri wins this one <laughs> because uh, he sometimes tends to pull one out of thin air when the contract talks are happening. So uh, <laughs> give him a little bargaining power there, even though he may very well be on his way out the door. But at least it uh, at least it'll rise his stock uh, for next year. Anyway, we are out of time, so I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank you, Richard and Louise. I want to thank iHeartRadio, Spreaker, and Google Podcasts, and YouTube. And I want to thank you folks who listen to us. Until next week, good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.